You're listening to Radio 2 from the BBC. That was Lou Reed, Vicious. I'm Russell Brand. This is the Russell Brand Show. We've got an incredible two hours coming up, right? We'll be talking to Noel Gallagher, Matt Lucas and David Walliams from Little Britain are going to be on the show. John Ronson, the journalist and writer, he's going to be turning up here. I am joined, of course, by Matt Morgan. He's in charge of the buttons to run this radio show. Are you all right, Matt? I'm very well. And, of course, Trevor Locke. He's doing a series of social experiments over the run of this radio show. Are you all right, Trevor? I'm very well. Good evening to you. Good evening to you, Trevor. Now, we used to be on BBC Six Music. We've been, I suppose, you know, let's call it promotion. We've been promoted to Radio 2. And we're, I suppose we've a brief to bring enlightenment and joy wherever we go that's what we're charged with so we thought let's talk about on this show i thought we should talk about class right and times where your class your social class has been embarrassing for you times where you felt awkward and out of place so that will be the theme of the show if you can think of a time you felt a bit awkward and out of place on the council your social class or lack of social class Perhaps you're a member of a caste system. Perhaps you're from another galaxy altogether and you feel awkward on that account. Just let us know about that stuff. Oh, right, yeah, you can call us on 0500 288 or you can text us on 88291. Or, I mean, there must be other ways of communicating with us, but those are the primary means. Don't, I suppose you could just sort of dream thoughts at us and just Emails? hope we... Email! Email us at russell.brand.bbc.co.uk. Yes, you the internet. think of emails before dream thoughts at us. I think these old dream thought telepathy system, Matt, have been underused in our culture, and that's perhaps what's made us all so inhibited. So, right, I think, first of all, let's start this show with a little bit of the Smiths. Then we'll get into this talking about class and stuff like that. We'll get to know each other a bit better. But think about that, what's coming up over the show. Trevor's going to go and do a social experiment. We're going to be talking about times we felt awkward on account of our class. Noel Gallagher, he'll be listening now in what he constantly refers to as his country pal with his lovely girlfriend Sarah MacDonald who still ain't realised what a dreadful situation <laughs> she's got herself trapped into with that boorish loon gambling round his leaving the state. And then who else have we got? John Ronson. I've been reading this John Ronson book of his, Out of the Ordinary. He talks about the quote but finds extraordinary experiences within that. He's very good at all that kind of thing. And of course, he's done all those TV documentaries about conspiracies and Tottenham Taliban and whatnot. So we're about to learn loads from him. It'll be educational. We've got to raise our game. Okay, we're broadcasting to the nation now. I'm talking to you particularly, Matt. I've got a whole new set of buttons to have press. You, Matt's got a whole new Terrifying set of buttons. Terrifying, it is. Trevor's competition that we used to do on Six Music, that's been abolished now because it, the I'm standard of it was not high enough. I'm gutted about that. I've only just found that out. I know, sorry. <laughs> what a way to break <laughs> it <laughs> we told on it to air. You. In a cruel way. Ten minutes into the show. The way <laughs> Phil Collins dispenses with wives. So I've read, that might not be true. We don't know that, but I did once read that he faxed his wife. Faxed, I said faxed his wife, to inform her, like, that relationship's over now. That's I'd have appreciated a fax. A fax would have been nice. It would have been a fax right. would have been a step up yeah. the ladder, Hang on, wouldn't it, Trev? Wandered into dangerous territory there. What by saying that about Phil Collins? Hearsay. Yeah, we Phil might Collins. not have done that. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> if this was to become a, a, a legislative situation, the brief would go. Yeah, but he did then go. I like him. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> let him off. I'm going to write yeah. another. I can hear it calling in the air tonight. Style ballad about Russell Brand and him drowning. All right then, let's listen to uh, Still Ill by the Smiths, shall we? Why, Why wouldn't not? we? Why wouldn't we listen to the Smiths? Listen to these words, see what they mean to you inside yourself. Oh, and there's that football chant thing! Oh. The football chant thing we talked about. We're designing and writing new football chants to enliven the terraces around this Don't great nation. into this. Alright, oh, alright, no. just I'm doing it. It's my dream. Let's listen to Still Ill, the Smiths. We've got loads of things to talk about. This is Radio 2. That were the Smiths Still Ill. You're listening to Russell Brand on Radio 2. Thank you for all these messages of support. John in Blackpool, that was nice of you. Larry in Derby, Jenny May in Ireland, thank you very much. What, for... you're just going to say that? What? Not going to tell us what they said. 
Alright, uh, John, John in Blackpool. Derby. John in Blackpool goes, uh, good luck with the show. Please mention me because I always listen to the old show. I thought Matt Morgan slowed you down. <laughs> Be very surprised if you took him to radio too. Larry from Derby says, Trevor Locke surely won't have made the cut. <laughs> so, this is what I spared you this because I tried to protect you like a benevolent dictator, such as you might find in, I don't know, some South American country. Don't know much about stuff like that. Right, so those, um, emails make me feel dead welcome. It's welcoming, right. isn't it? Very sad. Yeah. <laughs> I made up those bits oh, of words. I was just being silly. I was just being a real wag about things. Boom. Right, it was nice and welcoming. What weren't so welcoming was when we, me and Matt arrived, right, the security guard, right, and it's the same, it's in the same building as Six Music. Franklin, the security guard, right, greeted Matt like he was a returning hero, <laughs> <laughs> right, from the American Civil War. And goes, uh, and then he goes to me, goes, right, who are you? It's because I brought my ID card. Oh, you had that card that we had to have that photo done for, that magnet thing, what makes the doors open like a robot door. Yeah. Okay, well, I goes, I've not got my one of them. And he goes, uh, what's your name? And I goes, uh, Russell Brand. He put down Brownie. Ah, oh, <laughs> he'll be listening in reception. Franklin, right, you've uh, embarrassed me and now yourself. So, from Br Brownie R, and then I'm visiting Matt Morgan. I've been <laughs> diminished to your visitor. That is the status well, I've been given. Know. So, Brownie. <laughs> <laughs> can you not refer to me as Brownie? Because I'll, uh, you know, it's our first you show. Must be a girl guide by now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've certainly earned my badges. Let me tell you, I oh, the sparks flow and I rub my sticks together, dear. Mm -hmm. That's Cubs. I don't know what goes on in Brownies. Why would we? About all that, dear. You were at stage school. Oh, <laughs> not, not all the time. Only when I was sixteen. I, th I didn't emerge from my mother's womb, grab hold of some grease paint, and go that 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 that. Da, 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 da. Actually, yeah, I did. You that. Must have had some breakfast. First. It was a review show that was going on in the uterus, <laughs> to tell you the truth, I was preparing. Um, right, so yeah, let's all feel at home and enjoy being here. Let's think about this thing, it's time we felt out of place, because we've been on Radio 2 before, of course, when we looked after Mark Radcliffe's show. He said we'd done a sterling job of it as well, he said we'd done, done great work. Never had us back, of course, <laughs> afterwards, <laughs> but let's not take that to heart, and I've been on Jonathan Rossi's show before, and I've been on Stephen Wright's show, and as you know, I'm a long-time admirer of the buff, muscular torso of Wogan. That's that is just computer graphics. Don't, please, Matthew, don't shatter these illusions <laughs> to which I cling. These are things that I need. Right, let's think about times when, like, class has made us feel all out of place. Here's a top. Right, so, because we work in media, right, sort of, I am, like, from Essex, from a relatively modest kind of background. Because I work in media, I sort of go around acting like Bill Sykes. Oh, right, right, but, like, when I'm in sort of environments that are m much more authentically working class, like I had to work for a day on a building site as part of a television program, you know, well, I didn't <laughs> have to do any real actual labour. Like, I've sort of realised, okay, you're not going to get away with that, them glottal stops will get you in trouble around here. So first of all, I sort of tried to use my sense of humour. That cut me no ice with them builders. That was yeah, very like, discerning men. Very builders. discerning men. <laughs> they saw through that rhubarb. And then the next, uh, in, next in my social artillery was, I'll flirt with them and act all like dead camp. And by sort That's of like... That's hardly part of an artillery. That's the wrong word. Which, yes, it is. Artillery. Camp. Uh, Flirting. <laughs> My cows, right toe. I've the got a military camp that I'm going to blow right <laughs> up you. I think it's a perfect. I think it's a perfect use of. Uh, that's a, a good analogy, right? And I sort of ended up asking one builder. I ended up going to him. So, uh, are you married? Are you? Well, big handsome chap like you. I've just made everyone on the building site feel really awkward and stuff. So, like, what I think, my position in terms of class, is I sort of always feel a little bit out of place. There was one occasion... It's relative. Where it's, so it's relative class 
is relative, right, yeah, yeah. Like sometimes I feel like a, a forelock tugging greengrocer. What's that, dear? <laughs> like, uh, like, you know, if, uh, if I'm, say I was with, I don't know, Audrey Hepburn or something. No, because she's famously is Eliza Doolittle. She bounces right up and down the class ladder, doesn't she? I don't think you're going to hang around with her. Get on with it. Of Audrey Hepburn. Don't think I'm I'm Audrey Hepburn. Hold on a second. Really, what I wanted to mention is there was one occasion where sort of I was with these, uh, I was in this pub, right, this is when I used to drink. I was down in Swanage and there was these rowers. It was a team of rowers and I was like talking to a woman in their company and uh, one of them said sort of like, yeah, why don't you clear off, right? And I uh, thought, what I'll do, knowing these people are rowers, they're bound to be right toffs, is I'll act as if I'm like some psychomaniac drug dealer. Where I went, oh yeah, coming in, smash the glass, like brandishing the glass, being all menacing, but they were rowers, are fit, healthy lads with big shoulders, right? And the bouncer, for my own safety, had to drag me out of the bar and prevent me. They pursued me through the village of Swanage with torches, and I had to hide in people's gardens. torches? I think they were actual sort of proper torches. But right. the image was very, it was like Mary Shelley <laughs> imagery. Like a lie there for a minute. No, yeah, honestly. <laughs> I was ran all the way up to the castle <laughs> on top of the hill, banged <laughs> on the door. <laughs> I damn near regretted making that zombie man creation of mine. <laughs> um, yeah, so like, that's my examples. Now, Matt Morgan, we recently went and stayed in a, a beautiful luxury spa didn't we? Yes. Shoot and Glenn. I am now one of those types of, uh, one of the, uh, sort of advantages of my chameleon like ability there is that whoever, whatever class I'm with, I could breakfast with a duchess, then, you know, have a mug of tea with builders as long as they didn't mind me touching their bums, and I'd fit in in each of those well, social environments. Orders, the Sun and the Guardian. The Sun and the Guardian. Wow. There you are, see? right-wing manipulative uh, newspaper like The Sun, then lovely woolly liberal guardian. Matt Morgan, though, I, I was uh, more terrified about money at every second. What, at Chewton Glen, the expensive spa where we stayed, luxury, lovely spa. Lovely so place, expensive, yeah. Expensive, though. But I just thought every time someone offers me some help or gives me something, then yeah. it was like any papers in the morning, all my brain's thinking, oh, God, that'd be a hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, you didn't understand even the, the simplest offers, though, did you, right? Like, you know where if you're at a hotel, like, uh, in the evening, a maid comes and goes, <laughs> Oh, it's time, uh, hello sir, would you like me to do turn down? No, like, no, like, what happened was, I was playing music in my room quite loud. <laughs> <laughs> this woman knocked on the door and I was thinking, this must be a bit loud. This would be she and she goes, would you like me to turn your room down? So right. I thought, oh, close the curtains, oh. fold over the duvet. He panicked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. Oh, oh, I'm ever so lovely. sorry. I don't belong here. He said, <laughs> shoving his dirty socks into his duffel bag. I'll leave right away. I was never supposed to be here anyway. No, yeah, I felt pretty out of place there. Yeah, you did. And you seemed it as well. What about on that other occasion? What do you mean? Well, you just seemed out of place. Me, though, I was like a right top. He walked around in his pants in the corridor. <laughs> You're allowed to walk around. You should do it. No, you shouldn't. People like stuff You've like that. They pants. thought no. I was a lovable eccentric. Yeah, exactly. Right, and then there's another bit where I had, like, I had uh, like given him a shirt to wash, and they returned it to, the, to like the room, and he was in my room. And he goes, "Oh, he goes, here's some pressing for Mr. Brand." He thought that they said, "Here's a present for Mr. Brand." <laughs> I was all jealous. <laughs> where's, where's my present? Do I get a present? All confused. When did you get so at home in these places? Anyway, I don't know where I've got this class from. I sort of and went from being poor to an absolute snob in like the the, the beat of a heart, to the flap of an hummingbird's wing. What about you then? What other events were there where you was all embarrassed there, Matthew? Um, you didn't look right in that dressing gown that he was wandering around in either. No, I got into it. He looked like old man Steptoe <laughs> scratching himself <laughs> in the corridors of that palatial well, what about hotel. When we hired mountain bikes and you were too scared to go up a curb. Oh, was not. I just felt, felt a sense of trepidation. <laughs> I came just looking through his list of notes he's made about <laughs> Chewing Glen. Oh, well, you were afraid to bump up a curb. I just felt it's a while since I'd ridden a bike, and like it is, it's a bit, you know, it can be Fair a bit. Fair enough, you can buckle a wheel. Buckle a wheel. 
Hey, I put a sticker on it. You know the Guardian gave away those little stickers of animals, right? I yeah. put a picture of a monkey because his girlfriend came and I was just down I the. I don't have a girlfriend. I'm a single man. Don't att attack my core market. Um, okay. So I stuck a sticker on his door of a monkey. Yeah. Just as a little joke. And yeah. then when I, I went out for a bike ride, because they hired bikes and you can get away from the calamity of it all. Yeah. And go off into the woods. I came back and there was this letter in my room. <laughs> he had gone through the newspaper <laughs> and created a, a collage, a brilliant collage. Such as a on my psycho door. might have done. You can't even read it out. It's so rude. Right. Some of the words are right. It's, right I alluded to the fact that there was a sex offender, a dangerous sex room. criminal in this room. Basically. But I used more specific words cut out from newspapers. Picture like of a little monkey on a man's like back. Picture of Ian Beale crying for some reason. <laughs> I put that and it was all newspaper clippings on his on his door and it looked really it looked menacing because if you see those because that's how ransom letters exactly. are constructed aren't they? So and then it's a of menace. Matt, you looked really out of place at that hotel. Yeah. Things like that happening to me. <laughs> and look, they let me, sent me a letter saying, "Dear Mr. Morgan, please find enclosed your newspaper cuttings." So with... someone had found that and thought he's put that on his door himself. Was a cry put it in help. an envelope help and placed me. it under his door. <laughs> oh, I was worried. I thought, oh no, I hope he, it's there long enough for him to see it. I hope he gets to see this brilliant jape. You put an orangutan on my door, I'll put this, make you look like a sex criminal collage on your door. One of yours to the hospital, one of yours to the morgue, you know, is that mentality. But it turns out a member of the hotel staff found it, put it in an envelope, and put it in this accompanying letter. sort of advert. That's brilliant. <laughs> we have removed it from your doors. We need to take into consideration our other guests. I'm sure you'll understand our position. Yeah, he just sat there all confused. With, yeah, I'd, like yeah. to th I'd like to know what they thought, because that means there's people still at Tune Glen that think that Matt Morgan put up an, a notice <laughs> on his own <laughs> hotel room door advertising himself as a sex Right, that's done. I'll go for a bike ride. <laughs> <laughs> now, no one's in any doubt of my status here, here at Tune Glen. Right, so, uh, yeah, talk to us about times where you felt embarrassed about your situation, when you felt out of place and that, and then we'll talk to you on the radio. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? be relaxing. So you can call us on 0500 288 or you can text 88291, or there's that email thing. Mysterious interweb, what you can involve yourself with. Let's listen to some music though. There's Blondie then. So we're on Radio 2. This is Russell Brand on Radio 2. Trevor Locke, help Russell us Brand. illustrate this theme of uh, feeling out of place in different situations that we'd like to get uh, listeners to contribute on. When it, when's the time when you feel out of place on account of your. I don't know, I can't All my life probably. Are you middle class or working What class is the or? thing? I'm, I'm, my name is Trevor and my. <laughs> well, we picked that up. You're called Trevor. That's pretty much all we need to know. But that's your passport. You're it's not Salvador <laughs> Dali. You can't just walk in a restaurant and say, Good evening, I'm Trevor, and expect to be fed mussels and oysters all evening. Maybe for that's naught. where I've been going wrong. No, when I was little, uh, my first school, people thought Trevor was a very posh name. So I was. Uh, really? Yeah, I was teased Trevor. for being posh. Exactly. Exactly. Trev. And in other, then in my next school, Trevor was a term of abuse. Before I even got there, Trevor was a name that you <laughs> called somebody who was, you know, you didn't like him. You called a bit of a Trevor, is he? He's a bit of a Trevor, yeah, really. Exactly. He's a bit God. of a Trevor. It had negative connotations. So, so that's the thing. So every time I meet Just somebody new, just in the culture new, of that school, because it sounds as if some John the Baptist figure had gone to your school <laughs> to prepare for one even stupider than I, <laughs> a true Trevor, will feel. Maybe. But that experience has basically made me. Every time I meet somebody new and I say, "Well, my name's Trevor." You feel inadequate about I, your name. I do. I think. Do they think I'm really posh, or do they think I'm an absolute, you know, little? Really? You yeah, feel like yeah, your name is a disfigurement. It's of just. Some it's, kind. You never know which a way it's going to go. Disfigurement. You never, never know. Some, sometimes people think I'm a p privately educated public school. Trevor, have, the you way ever, you dress. have you ever considered, Trevor, that people's reaction to you might not be as a result of your name, but might be as a result of the fact that you're a bit of a twit, <laughs> a bit of a twerp, a bit of a difficult person? 
but am I an upper class twit or a working class twit? You know, that, that, that is that is the quandary. Sometimes I've had an upper class girlfriend and I've gone back to their uh, house and met their friends and well, family. Well, that astonishes me already <laughs> that anyone would let you back into a home environment. Well, they, there's a likelihood of you meeting their parents. Now, I've got good uh, mum manners, I think. I'm pretty good at meeting people's mums, regardless of what social background they're from. Uh, I think, I, oh, hello, I'm sort of very skilled at meeting a mother. Uh, we've mentioned before, Liam Gallagher has no mum mode. Liam Gallagher, when I introduced him to my mother, spoke to her in exact same manner. <laughs> all right, all right, Babs, how's it going? I spoke to her in a swaggering, insouciant fashion that we associate with him. That's, uh, that's Liam Gallagher's charm, because who once said, uh, it's not whether you're good to people or bad, but that you treat all people the same. I think it was Henry Higgins, so it would be George Bernard Shaw, in Pygmalion Stroke My Fair Lady. It don't matter whether you're good to people or bad to people, but that you treat all people the same. Oh. Although, it's that bit that's out a of bit order. Stupid. Don't call George Bernard Shaw stupid, he was a very wise I fellow. that's a bit stupid. Oh, well, just that one aspect of him yeah. was a bit stupid. Yeah, because surely it is out of order to go around sort of like kicking over bins. So well, it depends what mode of behaviour you choose to treat everybody the same way. As yeah, you, but he said it doesn't matter, Trevor, that's George Bernard Shaw's point. It don't matter if you're good to people or bad to people, just that you treat everyone the same. So if you went up to everyone, elbowed him in the stomach and went, good to see you, missus, then droogged off down the road, hmm. he reckons that's all right, as long no. as you would do it to the Queen Mum and to, say, for example, Paul Merton, former Arsenal forward. Maybe, maybe that is right. Because when uh, Queen Victoria met that working-class bloke and had an apple, uh, she would have cut the apple up with a knife and fork. Mm -hmm. He just picked it up off the plate and bit into what it. What is this story? Trevor, you're saying that as if it's some shared cultural memory. It is when a shared Queen cultural Victoria met that working-class bloke and would have cut up an apple with a knife and fork. Have you ever heard mention of this before, mate? Never. Right, Trevor, you better start from the beginning and pretend that you, you're with people that are normal, not the people that grew up in Bugbrook, where you're from, We've got no awareness of Star Wars and E.T., but apparently you know all about <laughs> this apple getting chopped up by Queen Victoria. Apparently during her reign, some uh, working class man, a leader of a group, <laughs> the Peasants' Revolt, I don't know, a miner or something. a Peasants' Revolt, uh, revolt in Victorian England. It, it would have been a result, result if it was. Bloody result. Well done. No, <laughs> you've reversed time. You've brought Wat Tyler into the Victorian era. <laughs> We're all very surprised by that. Go so on. he gets an, an audience with the Queen, goes to, to Buckingham Palace or wherever she was living, mm. and there is an apple, mm. and uh, she would have eaten it with a knife and fork. That's how they eat an apple. The gentry and royalty. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Apples but he saw forks. the apple and he did the right thing. He picked it up and munched into it and everyone there is sort of sniggering and going, forward, If it? I was him, I'd think, I've gone to the palace, all I've got is an apple. <laughs> <laughs> I'd <laughs> say leave the fruit alone. You're lucky enough to be in the palace. Don't start touching Her Majesty's apples. Was that the first course? I don't did they know. Did they want him to have the apple, Trev? Was it in a clearly laid place? Did this place? happen? So it was a test. Listen, let me finish. Let me, and then we can pull it apart after I've finished it. So the idea is... Was that how it's going to work? <laughs> is that the way you roll? You're not Tony Montana laying down the law to your lackey. He's falling apart as you say it. <laughs> Look, there's the apple. He picks it up, bites into it, right. all the courtiers are sort of sniggering. Sniggering courtiers. You've done the impression of the sniggering courtiers. You've done it wrong. She then picks up the apple and bites into it. We all knew that that was going to happen All around the palace. We all knew that that was the end of that story. to behave and then she cuts through class. She doesn't. She just looks She treats him how... She doesn't look I've lost fish. respect for that woman. I always thought of Queen Victoria as a bastion of all that was great in England. Victorian England when it was truly noble to be an Englishman when we were still an all-conquering glorious nation. If that is a good thing, maybe that's a terrible, terrible thing that we've done in the past. What did you want her to do then? Pick up her knife and fork and go, this is how you do it. Sunshine. I'd like to put it down, like on two apples, put them down her bra and sung, oh, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts and then sort of mimed doing a raspberry trip. <laughs> <laughs> that would have pleased me no end. I think we've got someone on the line to tell us about embarrassing... Yeah, look, this person 
hasn't been to Buckingham Palace. Trish Bain from Weybridge, let's not give too much information in case she gets captured. Trish Bain from Weybridge, she is a carer. She once went did to Buckingham Palace. Don't, Trevor, I'm not interested. Trish, hello dear. Hello. So, uh, did you hear that anecdote that we just relayed? I, I did indeed. I'm very interested about that. Sounds <laughs> incredibly fascinating, Trevor. Well done. <laughs> Trish, had you, had you ever heard it before? Uh, I can't say I can't say I have, but then you know I, mm. I don't really have that much contact with um, Victorian era. Really. No, no. Well, Trevor's only just emerged from it. Now I think that we've got two options here: either the towel is apocryphal, or it is a complete and utter lie that you made up on the spot. Now, uh, Trish, it's a true story. I've got to tell. It's a actual truth. Trevor claims that it's true. Trevor claims it's true. But yeah, I, I believe Trevor. He's he's a decent fellow. Yeah. Uh, I remember him from your last um, six music show. We were there. It's very. My, me oh. and my daughter were there. So. Oh. Trish, that's lovely to know. Now, you what, well, you came and visited us at Six yes. Music? Oh, how lovely, how lovely to speak to you. Now, Trish, did you really go to Buckingham Palace? I, I did. In the last century, I, I did, with, with my family. Um, oh, and, right, it's because um, it's 2000 and she's not a time traveller, she just right. went there a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, well, we had a, had a great, we had a, the honour of an invitation. I went as a, as a young spinster, a very young spinster, and my, my father <laughs> so was... It, was it a disguise, or <laughs> are you a spinster? <laughs> I, I was, I was dressed as a, as a very young spinster, yes. Lovely. So it was, it was very good, it was very, um... Dear, what kind of spinster as a daughter? That's against the rules of being a spinster. Oh, yeah, but that was, that was in the last century, I say. I've since acquired the daughter. Oh, I see. Right, you're a spinster, and since then you've become, it seems, more fruitful. Uh, yeah, of the cund, I think is the word. Lovely. But, but um, yeah, well then, we, we digress. I, I thought you wanted to hear about going to Buckingham Palace. I'm keen to hear about <laughs> it. I'm Can I get on with it? a liar. You're, you, minutes ago you were claiming to be a spinster, now you've got more children than the old woman who lives in a shoe. No, no, no. No, no. No, well, when I, when I was a spinster and when I, when I was barren, mm. um, we went up to Buckingham Palace. <laughs> <laughs> no one's got more right to be at Buckingham Palace than a Baron, perhaps a Viscount or an Earl. Who's to say? Well, it, anyway, I, well, I, was, I, said, I, I was, I was, I was only a, a mere slip of a thing. But anyway, mm. I, I went up there, and um, <laughs> I went up that palace. <laughs> I went up I went there up in a the taxi, got outside, walked into the palace, watched the peasants outside. It was great, but uh, Trish. Yes. You, you forgot your roots pretty quickly. The minute you were over that threshold, you thought of your former friends as peasants. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's nice. It's nice once in a while to think of your former friends as peasants. Did you meet any of the royal family? Oh, well, that was what I was going to say. I nearly, nearly did, um, until a bodyguard almost chopped my feet off. Because, um, what were you doing? Lunging? Well, no, no. I was, I was uh, eating my morsel of cucumber sandwiches. And, um, <laughs> did you have them in your handbag, or were they just about the place? Uh, no, I was holding them in between my in finger and my thumb in the way that one does with uh, cucumber sandwiches. Okay. Um, and um, we were just sort of uh, wandering around, meandering with the crowd, and um, suddenly this bodyguard comes up and thrusts a horrible great steak and just, just missed my metatarsal. And, Trish, um, I think were we to hear this story from that bodyguard, it would come across very different. I think he'd probably talk of concealed weapons and a threat <laughs> on the life of Her Majesty. Well, I reckon you strayed off the tour and into the well, private quarters well, of Prince that, Andrew. I had a big gun in my bag was not, was, oh, by the way. This is the BBC, uh, Trish. Yes, I, I do apologise. Be a bit more respectful. Now, so essentially, you, I can't imagine a situation where you would feel at home, to tell the truth, if that's how you carry on at Buckhouse. No, well, 
Well, and this is ABA from BBC Radio 2. I, I do apologise. I'm, I'm a respectful person. I used to work for GCHQ. I'm a pillar of society. I don't know what those words mean, but Government I respect... Government Communication Headquarters. It's a spy centre. It's, it's a shame that they're so difficult to communicate, and it's also a shame that, you, they, that you're treating espionage or something you can blather yeah, <laughs> across the airwaves. Christ, Trish, you're a menace. No, All no. right, my love. Thank you very much Thank for you. your contribution, Trish. Take Bye. care. Bye. See, now, that was a, I'm glad that Trish called us, but, you know, that, hmm, was she embarrassed in that it sounds to me like that bodyguard was just just doing a difficult job rather well. What do you think, Trevor? Well, you look perplexed. Why, why would he th thrust a stake through the her? The trouble was, well, Trevor, by that stage I was worried about Trish, mm. and I didn't want to ask her to elaborate on the stake right. thing, because I didn't know if it was yeah. a vampiric type stake, or if it was a, like exactly. a beef steak, I don't know what, you know. At that stage I thought, let's just acquiesce Trish. You're and right. not let this get into the nightmare Very territory. professional of you. Thank you. Very well, this is, we're on Radio 2 now. Split second decision. And so hang on, she went on a tour of Buckingham Palace. Uh, she went on a tour of Buckingham Palace. So you wouldn't Palace fill out a place class-wise on a tour of Buckingham Palace? No, right, of course not. That right. can, any, any old mug can wander around the gardens, you can't they? You could walk around it in a shell suit. Like Whereas if you'd broken in. Or that Trevor's apple-scoffing chimney sweep <laughs> from earlier. Okay, so yeah, uh, tell us about your situations where you feel, felt embarrassed to feel, I felt a bit embarrassed when I used the incorrect past tense <laughs> for the verb to feel just then. Email russell.brand at bbc.co.uk or call 0500 288 Or, you know, you don't have to contribute, just listen, it can be a passive medium. Um, guess what? Let's talk to uh, Matt and Dave out of Little Britain in a minute, but first, why not listen to Morrissey? I know we've already had the Smiths, but you know, you're allowed. We are allowed. It's a, just look at it as different things. Matt, what, what do you want? More Led Zeppelin? Frank Zappa? There will be Frank Zappa. These okay. things will happen. I'm not sulking. You look sulking. My finger is hovering over the button. You look like George Bush with your finger above <laughs> that button, <laughs> all full of menace, all glib with power. Okay, let's have a listen to Morrissey, then we'll chat to uh, Matt Lucas and Dave Williams. That'd be nice. You're listening to BBC Radio 2, I'm Russell Brand, that was Morrissey, I just want to see the boy happy. We've got Matt Lucas on the phone, hello Matt, are you there? Hello friend, how are you? I feel really optimistic and upbeat, this is um, our first show on Radio 2, it seems to be going quite well. Where are you? I'm in Aberdeen with David, we're in the interval at the moment of our... Of our sell-out touring show of the hilarious little prison. It's a bit, yeah, so, it is hilarious. Thank you very much. Well, you're going to be in it, aren't you? I'm going to be in the gala comic relief performance. That's on Wednesday. I'm nervous about it, Matt. Well, you've no need to be nervous. It's um, but we look forward to having you. You're going to come and do a sketch. I should explain to the listeners. Will you? We're doing this um, uh, gala show for Comic Relief on Wednesday night at yeah. Hammersmith Apollo. You can get tickets at ComicRelief.com, and um, most of them are on sale for about £35. Seems very reasonable. Written. It's, Russell, it's very reasonable. To um, see and so many stars, who, whatever, um, there'll be celebrity appearances, won't there, Matt? There'll be loads of celebrity appearances. It's the Little Britain show, but with loads of special guests as well. Many of whom I can't name, and I don't want to give away the gags, but I'll name a few. Go Obviously, on. you're doing it. That's, that's quite a draw. That's a draw. We have Mr. Jonathan Ross. Again, another Radio 2 favourite. We have uh, Dawn French. Oh, lovely. I Mr. met her recently. Miles. You well, met Dawn French, Yeah, you? I fancy her from childhood. Really? Yeah, yeah. She's, I... um, a very, I think you'll, I'll pass her over to David Williams in a moment, I think he agrees with you. Really? Uh, Does he? Dawn French, definitely. I, I heard that Peter Kay's gonna be in it. Is Peter Kay gonna be in it? 
Oh, uh, um, who told you that? I just heard it. I just picked it up from mysterious sources, Matt. It'd be, be exciting to see him. It'd be exciting to see you and him upon the same stage, two colossuses of the world of English comedy together at last. Blimey, I very far. I can't confirm that, but I'll tell you, uh, who else? We've got Kate Moss. <gasps> Blimey, um, the excitement. Have you, met her? have you met her in real life? I met her very briefly. She's a lovely, lovely person. A lovely person, and loads of people, and, um,. Uh, I don't want to give too many other ones away, but it's going to be a great night, and it's all for Comet Relief, and there's a few tickets left at £35, so um, anybody should go to cometrelief.com and pick some tickets up. And you're right. going to come and do a sketch, I think, with uh, Emily and Florence, the I'm lady. I'm very excited about this sketch. That is the sketch that I'm going to do. I particularly like it if people listening to this now buy tickets, because then I'd feel like I've got a core of support that are there actually to see me, which will be Aww. unusual in that environment. Yeah, so please, yeah, please do come and see will that. Will you be in drag? Thank you very much. And so how are you enjoying life on Radio 2, Russell? Um, I like it very much. We've only just started. It's quite tentative. I, uh, Matt and I said that we sort of feel like a, a stepdad is a new family position. You know, like if you're a stepdad coming into a family, you've got to be, oh, hello. You know, I'm not trying to replace your dad. I just want to be friendly. I just want you to like me. You know, so being like that at the moment, before eventually, of course, we start to misuse our position of power, start to be a bit off and drink Kestrel in the corner room. Other strong alcohols are no, available. No, I don't think so. I think you're taking to it very well. I think it's only a matter of time before you're hosting Pick of the Pops. Do you think so? Do you think, think that's so. a possibility? Or children's, children's one. That's Pick of the Pops, isn't it? Where you, you ring in and you say, oh, can you play the runaway train? I think grandfather's clock. I would like to think that I'll become a bastion, much like Wogan himself, and will one day be portrayed as having a muscular upper body, like Terry. And, 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 and a corset. Listen, Why not? Let me, let me pass you over to David Williams. Okay, thanks, he's, Matt. He really, really wants to talk to you. Well, let's have and a word with I him. will see you on Wednesday night at the Comet Relief Gala. I look forward to seeing you then, Matt. It will be... What a gala it promises to be. Do come along, listeners. Do I'll pass come. you over to David Williams. Thank Here you, go. thank God you. God bless. God bless, Matt. David. David, hello. <laughs> this is me, Russell, your friend. You're on from me. <laughs> All I need from you is constant devotion and affection. How are you? I'm giving you, I'm very well. I'm standing here in my pants. Oh, uh, really? From one costume to another. But you've actually seen me naked, and I've seen you naked. We've seen each other naked, David. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know if this anecdote is fit for Radio 2. The, the way that we came to be nude, proud we stood there naked. <laughs> it were like women in love, wrestling we were, like... Well, the yes, H. Lawrence heroes. Getting changed because we were both in the same yoga class. Yes, yes, sorry. I know there, there was no wrestling there. <laughs> wrestling even now of my conscience for having told such a filthy untruth. I've recently been watching you doing that swim, you know, like in research for various projects I'm doing with you. Mm. And uh, I must say, it brought a tear to my eye to see you. cried at the end. A lot of people, a lot of the um, researchers who work for our company were very moved by it, David. Oh. Well, we were watching it the other day because we were at the National Television Awards. Mm. They, showed, they showed the clip at the end I'm trying to get out. Right. Um, yeah. And, uh, I was attacking myself going, come on you fat bastard, get out. That's Stop nice. Stop putting it on. Yeah. When I saw the reaction of some of the women in the office, I began to understand your motivation for having done the swim in the first place. Purely for that reason, you think? Essentially, to <laughs> manipulate soft-hearted really women. You're very hard. <laughs> I think I'm a good and decent man. I no, don't pretend to swim no, channels for famine relief. You're kind of irredeemable. <laughs> I think I can be... You're already thing. going to hell. There's nothing that you could do now. If I Even if you just became Mother Teresa for the rest of your life, you would steal your life 
is still been a terrible waste and you've caused nothing but evil and suffering <laughs> in the world. Me. This is my first show on Radio 2, I'm a good man. Anyway, anyway, Jesus and God and everyone get much more pleasure from redeeming someone like Saul, who became Saint Paul, than someone like you who's always just been on the outskirts of evil, casually dipping their toe in to raise money. Alive. He'd be coming to visit you. Oh, no, I think you two would become <laughs> He'd be very close. For your salvation. I think the pair of you would have become lovers. <laughs> now I, I fancy that you're probably due back on stage. Where are you, Aberdeen? Aberdeen, yeah. Thank you for joining us, David. All like, right, it's a great pleasure. Will you look after me when I do this gala with you on Wednesday? I don't need taking advantage of me in that sketch. I would like you to treat me <laughs> w were I a young naive lover. Okay. Fantastic. And you'll, you will be very, very funny, I know. Good. I'm very much looking forward to it. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to join That's us. All right. It's a pleasure. Well, we will see you then. And, and yes, it would be lovely if, if people came along because it's a great cause. And, uh, oh, it is a good cause. It would be a really fun night out and a total one-off. Perhaps you can use this cause to meet and subduce women, David, oh, as you've exploited many other causes before. You've got me all wrong. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> all right, David. Thank you very much. Give a kiss to Matt. Thank you very, uh, thank you very much for joining us, both of you, on this our inaugural Radio much. Two show. I love you and all. Right, Tata. Thanks for uh, talking to us. Okay. Bye, bye, love you. Bye. 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 See you then. There they were, Matt Lucas and David Williams, two of the finest comedy actors this country's ever seen. Matt, did you enjoy that phone call? I just want to know if you're going to be in drag or not. I, I'm not going to be in drag. I heard you ask that question. No, but I'm not going to be. I was trying to concentrate on them. This is our first show. We can't. Gnaws it up. Um, I ain't gonna be in drag. I'm gonna be playing the part of a plumber in a sketch where uh, Matt and David are them two, uh, you know, I'm a lady. That I've bit. seen that sketch and that plumber doesn't yeah. just wear plumber's clothes. No, he doesn't, does he? But let's not give away the ending of that sketch because, you know, people will be excited and thrilled to see it. So, yeah, you can go and buy tickets for that if you want to because it'd be nice if people come that'd come to see me because then I won't feel like I'm swamped in Little Britain fans and that. You'll come, will you, Matt? When is it? Next Wednesday. Very busy. <laughs> no, come on, come! Don't be so selfish! Alright, let's listen. Should we listen to Jackie Wilson, Matt? And think about our lives. I think it's gonna lift us higher and higher. I can't see how we could get any higher, but you know, let's try. If anyone can take us higher, it's Jackie Wilson, and here he is by Jingo. That was Jackie Wilson. You're listening to Russell Brand on Radio 2. That transcends all boundaries, though, doesn't it? Some of that. just lift you up. Oh, I feel really. Trevor, you look confused and perplexed. I was just trying to work out if it does actually transcend all boundaries. All boundaries are transcended <laughs> by that, Trev. You know Name a boundary, that'll transcend it. Go on, I dare you, name a boundary. Don't think too hard about The one between England and Wales. That's transcended, okay. that is easily transcended by that track, Jackie Wilson. Jackie, sort of a bit Welsh. Wilson, hello, that's an English name if ever there were one. Oh, right, yeah. guess what, we've got exciting things coming up, we've got Noel Gallagher still to chat to in a bit. John Ronson will be here, he will lift us higher and higher, I imagine, culturally, while still maintaining the kind of humility, because he's, he's educated, humble, sort of a bright man. I've been reading a lot of his stuff lately, not only in preparation for this, but I always read his column on account of the fact that I like it. Now, Trevor, uh, um, due to this uh, class theme that we're exploring, we're talking about people being embarrassed in, in embarrassing situations as a result of their class, mm -hmm. right? Well, look, here's some emails. Oh. Listen to this mm -hmm. by Jove. Paul Stanley from Stafford goes, years ago I tried to impress my girlfriend by taking her to a really posh restaurant. I really cringed when after ordering a pint of lager, the waiter bought it to the table in two half pint glasses. Oh, oh, oh Paul. God. See, he was all out of his depth. So far from impressing his 
his girlfriend, he looked boorish and I loutish. Embarrassing. Have you met him? Have you? And mm. hairdressers, you get it every oh time God. you step outside of the narrow parameters of your house or off of your <laughs> new shiny bicycle, which you. Sp Matt's got a bike, right, Trev? He's just bought a bike. He's giving it a name, Smokey. Oh, no, he's I really proud of it. Love. He was called it in the office. You have That's called it Smokey. Nice. He goes, "Come on, Smokey, we're going home." <laughs> and he's got a little bell on it. He's really so proud no. of his bike. He was riding it in the office the other oh, day. Uh, so were you. I had a quick go, but I've not given it a name. Goes, I bet you've given it a name. I went, yeah, I've called it Smokey. It, that's an offhand joke. Uh -huh. Smokey the You leave Smokey out of this. <laughs> Do you think it's I your thought Steve? that bike, because when we went to the posh hotel and I felt so uncomfortable, I thought the only place I felt comfortable was they lent you a mountain bike and mm -hmm. going to the New Forest. It was brilliant. You certainly didn't look comfortable in that glorious jacuzzi thing that was outdoors where I looked magnificent. I was comfortable for a moment when <laughs> I felt like Al Pacino <laughs> in Scarface. I sat there, it was really nice. Then he goes, oh, it's good here, isn't it? It's really good, this jacuzzi. And then I said, yeah, yeah, it's good. I started to relax. I started doing ballet pointing. Oh, Going, look at my legs. Look at my toe. <laughs> look how arsed I it just is. wanted to see my sexy legs emerging from and the water. Embarrassing. They looked ever so sexy. And how dare you challenge me on my female the trunks? Sex appeal. Had the wrong trunks. I had them lovely trunks. Got like his London team to send the, the right trunks. <laughs> yeah, they, weren't, they weren't revealing and skimpy enough. <laughs> <laughs> These trucks are neither revealing or skimpy. How can I possibly attract attention and deriding snorts <laughs> with these? The, the, the thing about having someone who packs your bag for you is they always get it wrong. <laughs> said, well, I'm out of touch. Why don't you lay things out that you want to take on your bed? Yeah, that's true. I really must learn to exploit this position better. Now, Trevor, you wanted to go and do an experiment, didn't you? Well, I thought that I should explore this now in real time. Come on then. What, what are you going to explore? This what? theme of class and feeling out of place and Exactly. How are you, Trevor Lock, going to explore this idea on Radio 2? Well, I've dressed up rather smartly. I've put a tie on, I'm wearing a suit. You're dressed how you always dress, okay. like Alan Bennett, <laughs> but a boy band version of him. Right. Or like so a cartoon, Alec Jones. Chosen everything from uh, the spectrum of brown. Right uh -huh. across it's the brown. But it's awesome. Fair, Trevor. But how often do you get a chance to wear from brown? chocolate to cappuccino. Trev's got it all. These are the awesome colours. Never wear brown in town, but I'm taking that risk tonight. Never wear brown in town. Is that a rule? That probably comes from the same. Really? Where does he get his information from? Things like that, Queen I've Victoria in an apple, never wear never brown wear in town. Brown in town. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Trevor, your social structure is is not a class-based one, it's a time-based one, and that time is 1950s. <laughs> Maybe no, it is. Yeah, it's done. Soup spoils. Come on then, you so look quite respectable. I look like I'm from the 1950s. I look a little bit sort of posh and upper class, perhaps. Lovely looking exactly. palette, you are. Exactly. So I shall go out there and... Into uh, the streets of London from where we're broadcasting. And I'll, I'll sit on Oxford Street and ask, uh, you know, have one of those um, notices playing, saying that beg. I'm... Uh, beg. Exactly. You're going I'm going beg. to go and beg on the streets dressed as you are, see how well and you do at begging, even though you're dressed all posh. And, and the wrong really class. No exactly. Illegal. What will that happen? It's not illegal. Right, give back any money you beg, you better give back. I've got to give it back. I don't know, Trev, we'll work that Trevor, out later. Trev, you engineered the uh, situation to make 75 pounds. <laughs> wow. Trev, I we think can probably get a cab home. Yeah. <laughs> if you're trying to raise your bus fare yeah. by this contrived experiment, it's ridiculous. So we're going to write on your sign. Just going to write, um, homeless and, uh, hungry, please spare some change. You do so don't let him do that. Homeless and hungry is rubbish. Well, it's got roads. Good evening, I'm a right proper Burlington Bertie, though I'm un more than unusually hard up. Here, spare us a few shillings, wouldn't you? Something like that, so I a, bit, write that. a bit more panache. That won't fit on the page. Matt, you write something right, out. It's terribly embarrassing, but I'm short of a penny or two. Yeah, Which write that out then. It's terribly embarrassing, Do your experiment. Right, but write it so people can read it. Yes, Trevor, write it in an illegible fashion. I'll is do it legible? That. I always mix up that word. Right, okay, so while Trevor's doing that item, this is the time for us to launch something dead important. Now, it has long been a dream of mine 
mine to like start a football chant. Not only even like I'd like to start a pre-existing chant. I'm glad you said that. I thought we were going to go on about the cult again. <laughs> All right, there's long been a dream of mine to establish a cult where I would have absolute power and my every whim would be immediately succumbed to. That is a dream that we're we'll bringing up this once we're established. Yeah, I wrote in my Guardian column. Right, uh, it, there's not enough football songs in Premiership grounds. This is something that is. I think it's probably because since you know everyone's got to sit down and stuff like that, it's more difficult to strike up a it's song. It's been worrying me today. <laughs> Matthews, he's not a big football fan now, Matt, but you are a music fan, so you'll enjoy this item, right? What I'd like to do is dream up a new football chant based on a song. Right now, I've done some tentative work. Uh, I'm a West Ham fan. I go to Upton Park. Now, I've I've started some work on a little chant based on Billy Joel's Uptown Girl. Uh, it would be along the lines of Upton Park, we're the Amers, we're from Upton Park. Now that could be, that, that would be the basis of a Billy Joel, uh, a Billy Joel sourced chart. Sounds like you're one of the desperate people on X Factor. <laughs> <laughs> Hello Simon, I've come here today to sing you a song. <laughs> That's how I'm coming across because I think that this could work. I think that so, but like, if you can help me with that chant, it's, but I've had some some emails here. Th this one saying, Russell, your idea is ridiculous. Stop. <laughs> 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 you will never infiltrate the true fans. No, like, here, oh, here we go. Look at this chant one. This is from Jez G. If you are looking for a song camper that Upton Upton Uptown girl for the Amateur fans to chant, what about I am West Ham? Hear me roar. And numbers too big to ignore. Like in that I am woman. Hear me roar. Song. Jez G, a Leeds fan, is in no position. Look at Trev's putting on his pink scarf in preparation to go out and beg. You're gonna wear that pink scarf, are you? We're out begging. Why not? I think a scarf is a denotion of the posh uh, classes, isn't it? It's pink, that's a posh colour. You're, yeah, that's a beautiful signifier, sir. You will never see him again. Umberto Echo. Okay, so, so right, so there, there, take that your, football take sign. Thing. I will take my sign. He's got his sign. Don't worry about that, Con, because the news is going to be on in a minute. Right, on, the news on, is on. on and you're faffing around. Now, come on. Right, so send us football chants based on songs. That's essentially it. We'll tell you more about this game. But and later on the phone, we've got Pete Boyle. He writes all Man United's chants. He's, he's so a poet laureate but of you're the terraces. Upton, Upton Park song isn't yeah, complete. Upton Park. It's not complete, so I need help with that. Yeah, that's very important, Matt. Thank you for raising that. If you can help with Upton Park, where the Amers were from Upton Park, then I did toy with the line, we're just a bunch of these thin bars. <laughs> I'll get killed that for that. That sounds like a musical. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? So I thought instead, um, not like those, not like those, I don't know, I'll try to think of a derisory two-syllable term, not like those didders from White Hart Lane. That could work. And they're always swearing in football. There can be swearing. We'll get around it for this broadcast. Okay, so send us your suggestions. If there is swearing, we'll get around it. And later we'll talk, we'll talk to uh, Pete Boyle when we come out of the news. Also, John Ronson's here, Noel Gallagher. Blimey, it's, it's packed. It's an embarrassment of riches. Trevor going out on the streets. We'll Bye. talk to him later luck, Trevor. during his begging experience. Trevor, we'll ring you up when you're on the street begging. Don't let us down because it's an important social experiment this, this is. I'll do my best. Not since Milgram and Stanford has mankind been exposed to such cruel cold examination. Now get out there and learn Trevor. Take a hat. Take care Trev. Take your sign. Good lad. Right, so why don't we now have a little bit of a show that on Six Music we always used to call the news. When we were on Six Music we used to always try and get the newscaster to say a word. Now I wonder if that's allowed on radio too. What would be a nice word? Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Try and get this. We don't know. Oh, we met the lady that does the news. She seemed lovely. Andrea. 
A Andrea or Angela. Andrea, try and get the word shenanigans into the news. Not in a, obviously if there's been a tragic, awful story, you know, we don't mean to be disrespectful. But if there's a light-hearted one at the end, or oh, something fell out of a tree, or, you know, like that kind of story, it'd be nice to get the word shenanigan in, just as a start. So, let's have a bit of the old news then. John Ronson, Noel Gallagher, all sorts. So you're listening to 88 to 91 FM. This is Radio 2 from the BBC. There's Paul Simon with Call Me Out. You're listening to Russell Brand on Radio 2 at the BBC. Good song, isn't it? Call Me Out there by Paul Simon. I liked it. Do you like it, Matt? Yeah, I like it. Is that why you just now went, good song this, all nodding his head, and went, I want this played at my funeral. All serious and self-indulgent. Planning his own funeral. Look, I'll have to probably arrange that event, and let me tell you, it'll be a humble affair. Oh, you're always saying, oh, I'll die before you. <laughs> Your body will be kicked into a pauper's grave. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, son. Nice knowing you. There'll be no time oh, for I'll playing records. <laughs> oh, I'd have pretended to be posh at a <laughs> stupid spa. <laughs> I fit in right like a glove, all nice I was in that spa with my laid legs and the jacuzzi. So we're talking about football chants now. Anyhow, right, so, um, yeah, because I'm trying to write a football chant for uh, Upton Park based around Upton Girl by Billy Joel. What now, would happen if West Ham fans mm. turned it around and Russell Brown? <laughs> it was an attack on you. If it was an attack, I'd feel really rejected <gasps> and neglected. It'd destroy me, Matt. Please don't, don't encourage that. that because I'm being a good fan of West Ham, I write my Guardian articles no. about them all the time, so I was dubbing going there all my life with my dad and my friends and so as I have, I don't deserve to be humiliated. Here's some contributions from people. Arsenal fans have started ch chanting Flamini's name to the Sweeney theme tune, says Nick. That's good, isn't it? How would that go? Flamini, Flamini, da, 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 da. Sounds like you're waiting for him. Flamini! <laughs> Flamini! Well, he's doing very well lately. Scored up a day against Liverpool. So this is from Liam Tyrell, or Tyrell. He goes, good luck with the transfer at Radio 2, Russell. Why are you saying that? Sounds sarcastic. Maybe he wrote this ages ago. Read your usual excellent piece in The Guardian. Oh, oh Liam. And I can identify with your gallant quest to pen a new Terry's ditty. I think that bit was sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> why, whilst, shut up, stop spoiling everything, otherwise you'll be hearing Call Me Out within <laughs> the hour. <laughs> whilst I could never proclaim to be Peter Boyle, he is the Man United Poet Laureate, we're going to talk to him in a minute, the guy who makes up all the songs at Manchester Red Sox. I, oh, Red Manchester Red Sox, oh, that's cruel, because they're owned by the Glazers, you know, American money, whatnot. I can claim, says Liam, to have penned the Zamora song. One that hard, really, uh, I nicked it from the, the pop popular Vieira song from the Gunners, because uh, Arsenal used to sing uh, uh, for Patrick Vieira, they used to sing to the tune of Valare, Vieira, oh Vieira, Those oh, guys. he came from Senegal, was the rhyme, but then he goes, um, he comes from Senegal, and then so, uh, then this is Liam, he says, he tried to emulate that, saying, but, it, but of course Bobby Zamora comes from Barking, he can't think of anything to rhyme with Barking, and then he thought, White Hart Lane, because Bobby Zamora came from White Hart Lane, and who did he replace? Tottenham-bound Jermaine Defoe, hence the song, he came from White Hart Lane, he's better than Jermaine, right? So he wrote that, I've sung that song many times, and it was, it was, uh, Liam from Wakefield who wrote, wrote it, he goes, I'm not loud or anything, unlike you, but I've, I've never had a problem starting songs at games and so a couple of days after he, he signed I started to sing the song and uh, my mates joined in and then Zamora scored the rest is history never felt proud then we were all singing it when Barking Bob fired us into the premiership at Cardiff so my new mission is to help you with your song he continues Liam does he goes Upton Park we're the Amers we're from Upton Park he's keeping that that's original good. line that's good we're just a bunch of East End boys he's even keeping that don't keep that I think he, uh, you know a lot of people thought we're that we're gonna really rough you up <laughs> cause we're ever so blooming tough we're blooming tough <laughs> <laughs> we're just about filling the bowling ground with passion and right hold on a minute how's this work what 
Pretty bubbles through the sorrow I enjoys. That's, that's quite good. good. That's, that's good. quite good, Liam. That's, that's good. pretty good. Now, so, we, so let's talk to, uh, I think Pete Boyle's here. Pete, you are the poet laureate of the terraces, are you not? That's quite a fluttering description. I would most say that, uh, although I'm the most prominent one at Manchester United and I'm well known for it, I'm not the only person. I've encouraged lots of people over the years and other people do write songs, but uh, I probably write more than anyone else, uh, so I get a lot more uh, of a recognition. Do and, uh, you feel jealous, Pete? Say someone came with a really, really good one that really took on, would you feel a bit jealous, like Salieri was of Mozart in the film Amadeus? Uh, no, not at all. I mean, I, I actually encourage people, but I mean, the, the sad thing is you get dreadful song sense, you know. I mean, I think the worst thing is was when Oasis that were at the peak about ten years ago when they're... That was a terrible time for all of us. <laughs> terrible time for music, for English culture. We're going to talk to Noel Gallagher in a minute. We're going to talk to... So we can talk to him about how... So go on, what was you going to say about when Oasis were at their peak? Oasis was going to city load of songs. Uh, because Noel wrote, you know, Greatest Respect, not quite simple, <gasps> quite easy lyrics. He's a genius! You know, clever songs. Easy lyrics, <laughs> yeah. and a lot of people just think I can do this. Cat Matt Hat, and he used to send me songs <laughs> rhyming oh, David Beckham with Peckham and Deckham and all that. So I had to kindly return down a lot of people's advances. But I, I admire your stance with Uptown Girl. If you can get the old RTF boy singing the Bully Joel song, it's a bit of a CD through the post. <laughs> but I admire your originality because Russell. Yeah. If you watch England, if you watch Stoke, Sheffield Wednesday, Barnet, Reading, Charlton, Bolton, Austin Villa, you'll hear them all. If Portsmouth fans could sing one original song, they'd be probably out to the best fans in the league. But all they sing is the same old monotone stuff that every other team in the league Would you sing. ever consider taking a commission on and like doing a song for Portsmouth fans or indeed working on my Billy Joel number? No, no. I, I, well, I, I would only work for United. never sing Barry Manilow's songs. to learn that on mass. Well, it's, you know what, not everyone takes off for every, like, say, I probably wrote up two or three hundred proper songs, and, yeah. you know, not all things, but I go in the pub and I bring my CDs out with some songs, sometimes I give song sheets out. So you have to take, take quite seriously, it. you do need to get, there needs to be handouts, because I'm thinking, because I've got to launch this, as you say, this uh, Upton girl, Upton path, <laughs> amongst, you know, no West Ham Yeah. You've got to keep it short. You, you can't. It's the people. 
can email in now loads of really clever lyrics. But it won't catch clever. on. But they're great if you're going to record in studio. But to get in the song, you've got to keep it as short as mm. possible. Because, you know, someone could bring a brilliant line about something to do with, you know, Bobby Moore and Billy Bonds and all that. But and it might sound great when you're reading it out. Yeah. But to try and get it going, and get it going as a Terry song, up, you got to stick to the Uptown Girl and maybe get just stick to maybe the chorus, that's Because I was you know. thinking that Uptown Girl's got that, whoa, that sound lovely, I thought, on mass. They'll never do that. <laughs> do you think they won't do oh, the harmonies? Oh, 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 oh. What you have to do is get everyone to dress up like in the air. Uh, them sort of like, you know, jumpsuits, like Billy, Billy Joel has that in the original video yeah. in Westlife. Yeah, Russ, go down there with a big suitcase full of jumpsuits. <laughs> <laughs> right, boys, I've got a big idea. Right. like that and give out song sheets and I'm sure it'll take yeah. off. I'll go in the boat. Take off. I'll dress up as the uptown girl. I'll put on the little white <laughs> frock go, Righto, boys, <laughs> we're gonna have a bit of a signal. Ah, what are you throwing that for? <laughs> that hurts. Well, actually, my mate, my mate Mark from Manchester, he, he, uh, he volunteered to dress up as David Bowie, Q, Ziggy Sardesterer in a jumpsuit, but he said only if Russell sends him some makeup. So can you arrange that? We can sort that out. Pete, we're gonna keep you in touch with how this campaign goes, but, Please you know, do. with God as my witness, we shall get Upton Park singing. I'll send you a CD and ten pounds for some more makeup if you do, Russell. Thanks no a lot. No problem. Nice one. Good luck with your baby, mate. Thanks, mate. Cheers. So now, take care. Take care right, right. So, so that's good. Right now, what can we do now, Matt? Other than listen to Uptown Girl, and then like, if you are listening, think of like alternative lyrics for us to, uh, you so know, you to make really my dream come the true. First few lines, and then yeah. the chorus. That's right. It doesn't need to become complicated. And then you need it? to get your leaflets done. <laughs> get your cosses. <laughs> get the cosses for the boys, and then it's and then we're off. Okay, so right, we're going to listen to Uptown Girl, obviously. Then we've got John Ronson here to talk to. We're talking to him about his book Out of the Ordinary, that's available now. And then we'll talk to Noel Gallagher who will be listening to this and he'll be furious about that, won't he? Won't he? He'll be, Probably, he'll yeah. be, he'll, he'll get right, he'll be peeved, he'll be Rat, well vexed. Cat Matt. Cat Matt hat. Well, he's not gonna like that. He's never rhymed Matt with that. <laughs> of course he hasn't. Shine, fine. <laughs> he's done a couple of times, but never Cat Matt. Well, let's talk to Noel, we'll talk to Noel Gallagher in a little bit, but before that we've got John Ronson, and before that, Billy Joel. Just imagine the alternatives. There it is. There's Uptown Girl, or Upton Park, as it's soon to become known. We're, we're here with, uh, John Ronson on Radio 2. Hello, John. Hello, Russell, how are you? Oh, I haven't hey, seen Will today. Hello. Did you, uh, hear the last link we were doing? We're trying, I'm trying no, to- No, I was talking to your girlfriend, uh, uh I don't have a girlfriend. I don't know who that is you're mm, talking to. There was to. some woman out there claims to be a girlfriend talking uh, to we her. Get, I get a lot of this. People <laughs> make <laughs> these <laughs> claims, John, and I don't know who they are. But halfway through the conversation, mm. I thought I heard you say, because it was on in the background, John Ronson's not gonna like that. But I've got no idea what it is I'm not gonna like. Oh, uh, no, we're saying Noel Gallagher's not gonna like it, because there's a bit where, right, where, um, Pete Boyle, Poet Laureate of the Terrace, is a United fan, okay. was saying, oh, it was a, t it was a terrible time for football when all Oasis were big, because all, all the standard of Terrace chants dropped. Like, it's like <laughs> Noel Gallagher, one of the best songwriters in English history, is condemning him for lowering the, the, the standard of Terrace chants. You so know, like, you know that Noel Gallagher once uh, saved the life of a dog that I was looking after. How did this ever happen? This was a long time ago when he was the, uh, roadie for the Inspiral Carpets. Even then he had Christ-like qualities. Yeah. Raising uh, a Lazarus hound. Well, he, he looked like such a kind of, you know, thug. Mm. And <laughs> he still does, doesn't yeah. it? And I was, I was managing a band called The Man From Del Monte and we were playing together in Albert Square in Manchester right. and Mike, the singer, said, will you look after my dog, John? And I hadn't thought it through, so I put the dog on top of a speaker stack. <laughs> 
<gasps> and then oh God, wandered God. off. Well, I was like, I was like 19 years old. Why you did know? you put a, this dog will be best off on this speaker stand? <laughs> I'd never, I'd, it was the, f I'd, I'd never had to look after a dog before. I mean, it, this, this, I realised that this story doesn't make <laughs> But even then, just <laughs> common sense, I wasn't an experienced canine handler, so I immediately put it on top of a turret. What sort of a dog? <laughs> Little, uh, Yorkshire Terrier. Oh, and it was oh, a tiny dog. dog. Roger. It should have been alright. Well, well, don't validate it, Matt. What you done was wrong. <laughs> putting that on top of a precipice. Yeah. Why no, the dog just stay there? I recognise that I don't come out of this story well, but next thing I know, Noel Gallagher's running across Albert Square, rescuing this dog, which is like hanging by its lead, like, you know, off this speaker stack. What an undignified wow. death, but Noel Gallagher, it I didn't get him in No, no, it didn't die. Didn't Noel die. saved the dog. Yeah, saved the dog. <laughs> did you oh. think that ended with a dog being hung? Being hung, I did. I thought, this is a terrible lynching story, John. You really lowered the mood. We were having a lovely time. We'd all listen to Uptown Girl. We'd had a, it was a lovely show. Now we're thinking about dog lynchings. It's very, very downbeat. What if Noel remembers that? Of course oh. he will. Well, I don't I know. I wonder though. if he will. A lot of drugs have been consumed between now and then, which are bad. But who knows? Would you ask him when, he, when he's on the phone? He'll be on in a minute. You'll still be here, John, probably. Okay. We'll, we'll give him a ring in a little while. He's probably listening to this yeah. in his mansion that he don't deserve with his girlfriend who he won't be able to cling on to for much longer. That's how yeah. I like to regard Noel Gallagher. I'm he looking back on the story and I'm wondering now whether it wasn't Noel Gallagher but it was Clint Boone. <laughs> we'll soon find out. We can carry what out this investigation. Lot. It were Clint Boone, Noel Gallagher, Ian Brown. Who's to say? Um, so, John, you'll mm. promote this book of yours then, Out of the Ordinary. I've been reading it. I always read your column in the Guardian. I've just told you this. I really like it. I like the way that sort of you're dead off authentic and honest about sort of embarrassments and like, and, it, and yeah. it's called Out of the Ordinary. And it are t tale, quotidian tales, but you find extraordinary things and yeah. extraordinary embarrassments within them. I like that. Like in there, that's one. Here, yeah, Matt, you're like. This. He took his lad to off to meet Father Christmas, and it just became an embarrassing administrative yeah. nightmare. Well, I crept, I, up behind, I crept up behind him dressed as Santa, um, and well, I who? said, "He's Santa." Son. Oh, Father Christmas, <laughs> like I'm a doppelganger, <laughs> I'm a harbinger of your own demise. That would be freakish. No, my son, when he was four, uh, and he said, "You know, he was thrilled." You know, I said, "Ho, ho, ho!" He said, "Will you stay with me forever, Santa?" Did he know so, it was you? Yeah, he knew it was me, but he was like so thrilled to have his own Santa. He said, "Will you stay with me forever, Santa?" Well, he knew it was you. Yeah, but that's very manipulative of him. <laughs> yeah, can I come with? Yeah, so I said, uh, "Yes, I will." <laughs> I said, "I'll stay with you forever and ever and ever." So it's three hours later. And, uh, you know, I'm getting hives underneath the beard and, and I'm sort of trying to, you know, get the costume off and feeling very claustrophobic. And my son's going, you know, no, Santa, don't go. <laughs> don't leave me. Don't make the other man come back. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't bear that chap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was one of them. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> I like no, towers like that, and yeah. I like the way No, it's, just, it's it. a book about, it's like, about, I used to sort of go off around the world and, and, you know, make films and write about sort of crazy people, sort of paranoid people living on the mm. fringes of society. And then I sort of realised that, in my own way, I was just as crazy and paranoid, and we all are. And these little moments where you get into terrible fights at Starbucks, or you do some really bad bit Other of Other coffee shops are available. Yep. And, uh, and so on. So I've written a book about that, about these like little, you know, horrible little moments that happen to us. And I, I like to think I've made them funny. You have. I like the comparison between, right, sort of the extraordinary insanity of like sort of conspiracy theorists and yeah. but the way in our own lives we make those kind of mad decisions, the way we set like within our own domestic dramas mm. we uh, establish impossible boundaries and ridiculous parameters. Well, you certainly do. Ow, when? When have I ever done anything odd or peculiar? <laughs> I've been a good and noble man ever since I've been here on this planet. I'm trying my hardest. Um, well, I think we've met similar uh, conspiracy or like sort of a, like unusual uh, of subcultural groups like uh, you did you spend some time with the Jesus Christians oh yeah you not met the Jesus Christians have you met then? them ones that took the out kidney the kidney ones kidneys? oh they're horrible 
I was a bit scared by that, Matt. There's this group oh, of yeah, people that yeah. donate kidney. They Can donate kidneys. They so have to give their spare kidney to a stranger. Um, their spare kidney? I don't like to think of it as a spare kidney. It's just my kidney. Uh, <laughs> next week, Trevor's challenge. Next week, <laughs> next week Trevor's challenge is yeah, give away some of your organs. No, they're not. They're not nice. So it, it sounds nice, right, to give your spare kidney to a stranger, mm. but there's a sort of meanness. Do they enforce it? Well, they say they don't enforce it, but there's a lot of peer group pressure with their slightly you know, Machiavellian leader, Dave. It was it was unusual, Dave, the leader of the Jesus Christians, and I couldn't find any humanity in him. When, he when lacked I humanity. He was a leader of a group called the Jesus Christians, and he was devoid of humanity. Well, if he had humanity. I never saw it. Mm. I, I, but I have seen humanity in like people who others see none like Adoma Bakri Muhammad or spent mm. a year with Islamic fundamentalist yeah. leader. And David Icke had, had some good adventures with yeah. with his sort of twelve foot lizard man. I wonder with David Icke because he sort of like he says things he's like, Oh right, you, the, a lot of his conspiracy theories seem really plausible. You think, Oh right. that's interesting, David. Yeah, perhaps the government are manipulating us, oh perhaps the media are controlling the way we think. Oh no, everyone's not lizards. <laughs> I don't say that. <laughs> the thing that really made me laugh about my time with David Icke though is that you know, he's saying that twelve foot blood drinking child sacrifice paedophile lizards secretly rule the world and you've got this kind of coalition on the other side of people mm. from our side of the fence like anti-racist groups who are all convinced that when David Icke says 12 foot blood drinking paedophile lizards he's using code and what he really means is Jews and yeah. David Icke goes no no I really do mean lizards do and I go that's code too <laughs> so you can't win so he means literally lizards yeah. and sort of right thinking people say oh no come on this is a yeah, yeah, yeah. so I think that's the story about sense. how you know as, as they get crazier we get crazier and it's this kind of pressure cooker of craziness do you think John that some like have you ever met rail or the railians that extraterrestrial yeah, yeah, yeah. worshipping group that think that biblical towers are just uh, in like a primitive interpretation of an advanced technology so when they talk about stars leaving people Bethlehem that's in fact just a UFO. Do you think that some of these ideas are plausible and feasible, but then they sort of spoil it a bit with a madcap ending? Well, what the Raelians really want to do is, is just have sex. And I, I went is that to, all they're up to? Yeah, that's really. I went. I went to their camp. I, was, I feel like I kind of do it, your man. I went to their camp with a TV camera in front. Don't worry, Russell went <laughs> to make <laughs> a documentary <laughs> that we no one ever saw. <laughs> well, they were just all looking really grumpy at me. It's like, you know, will you go now? And I, and I realised that they just didn't want to have their orgy till I left. So were you spoiling their orgy? Yeah, I, I, I stuck around for about nine hours and then they're all <laughs> like Russell's really. there for two weeks yeah. <laughs> they had the orgy and so the truth we had a lovely lovely couple of weeks <laughs> it was a great deal of fun they wouldn't have their orgy in front of me they had their orgy in front of you I was orchestrating it John I'll be honest <laughs> you put that there no oh, come on get off with her kiss him do a cuddle yeah no but say so, did you cross off. the line from uh, journalist to orgy organiser yeah well to tell the truth I crossed the line from orgy organiser to journalist so that was, uh, that was, that was my initial position it was never the line it turned up the swimming <laughs> Costume with a towel on his arm. Right, where's the orgy? <laughs> Come on! <laughs> no, Russell, do you not want to learn about my theories? <laughs> well, no, come on, get your trunks off. I like those Raelians. I, you know, I like those people that define themselves by being outside of mainstream culture. Generally speaking, I think, well, you're right. I disagree Loonies. with. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think the point, the reason why I wanted to write this new book out of the ordinary is mm. that, is that, you know, I like the fact that you sort of connect with them, and I've always connected with these mm. crazy people on a sort of paranoid level we sort of connects on this kind of neurotic level and I think the irony is that you know quite often their paranoia manifests itself in a kind of blind hatred of the Jews <laughs> and my paranoia comes from being Jewish but it's still <laughs> this sort of hands across the ocean thing but you know, I sort of connect with them, and most people from our side of the fence look at these people and say, oh, they're just crazy, I don't know, I have anything to do with them, yeah. they're just weirdos on the extremes of society. But I think, you know, if we thought about our own lives, we'd see that we all succumb to these deeply irrational 
moments and, yes. and we don't want to admit it but what I've been doing in this Guardian column and in this in this new book is to kind of capture those moments when we act yes, like them. Yes, I think you've done that perfectly. Yeah. I think that's what the, the book does well. Matthew of course that comes to his own, Matt Morgan there, to his own moments of insanity. He's named his bike Smokey and I he haven't. thinks he can find salvation through cycling. He thinks his bicycle was Jesus on two wheels. That's what he ultimately That's quite been. a nice thing to find salvation in, really. It, it is. It's yeah. simple. You're a simple humble Whereas man. Whereas Russell wants to start a cult. <laughs> one day you'll be using this, this contact you've had with him <laughs> to get into his compound. <laughs> <laughs> right, oh, it's, it's week two, so we're going to start with the rifles. Um, no, when my cult does begin, it'll be a lovely place. Now, there's a few things I wanted to ask you about. Mm. Uh, what about, have you not got an interesting paisley scarf with an interesting, an intriguing history? Not that I can. Ceausescu's scarf. Oh, yeah, so I, I have. Well, I gave him Ceausescu's shoes. You've got Ceausescu's shoes? Yeah. I felt, actually, what have I got? And no, I gave it away. I've got a mug that says, Islam, the future of Britain. Wow. And I've got another mug that says, Ku Klux Klan, the last hope for America. And I tell you what's slightly eerie, is that, when the mugs go in the washing machines, like the UDF, the God and Ulster mug, faded straight away, first wash. Really? The Klux Klan mug faded. Right. Islam, the future of Britain. Oh my that god. That mug hasn't faded at all Have in Have you got years. a divining dishwasher? Your dishwasher can read it's, the future. Yeah, that can read, you know, which, you know, crazy extremist groups are gonna rise. We might as well get into Islam then. We, me and Matt was dabbing with- just get a dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> just clambering there. See yeah. if our belief system wears off. What's our belief system? We dabbled with Satanism for a little while. Yeah. It had that negative consequences. Yeah. I liked the Hare Krishnas quite a lot. Do you know anything about them? I haven't really spent any time with them. They're alright. They're just, you know, they seem kind of meaningless. Sweet but transient. Mm, a bit boring. Yeah, 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 but I like them. I think they're a nice bunch. As long as they're always going about them. Oh no, I think they're dragged there. <laughs> I dragged yeah. them up to that yeah. for the free once. meal at so the well. George Harrison's um, mansion. Yeah, yeah, he bought yeah. a he bought a nice mansion for him. Very nice. It was yeah. lovely. We, we had a lovely time there. Right, why don't we listen to some music? John, you stay with us. We've got to talk to Noel Gallagher. Trevor Locke we've sent out. We were examining the idea. We thought, oh, c we're talking about times where you've been in embarrassing situations because of your class. So perhaps you can, uh, while this track's on, you can think of a nice example. Class or embarrassing situation because of your class. You know, your book's strewn with situations, very awkward situations. Okay. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll adapt to class. Yeah, find a way of filtering <laughs> it like that. But that dishwasher may suggest to me you can find, uh, you can divine truth in anything. Right then. Let's listen to some music, Matt, then we'll come back. Noel Gallagher, little Trevor Lock out on his journey. Blimey, Radio 2, BBC. Detroit Cobras, listen to Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2. I'm here with Matt Morgan, who's pressing the buttons. <laughs> Trevor Locke's out there doing an experiment on class, begging, dressed up all posh and doing some begging. We'll talk to him in a little while. John Ronson is our special guest in the studio. Oh. Hello, John. Have you ever been out of place, you know, on accounts of class or in, a, in an embarrassing situation or something? Yes, I have. Aha, uh -huh. funny story. Go I, was on. In a, I was in a country house hotel. Quite, it's only a few weeks ago. Right. Um, the soup wouldn't come. Right. Spent an hour waiting for it. Soup finally comes. I begin to eat it ravenously. Oh. My wife says, see that girl on the next table? It's a 14-year-old girl. She's mimicking the way you ate your soup. <sighs> that is embarrassing. Yeah, and so we were out in the corridor. I went to the toilet. I was getting a bit annoyed about it. At first I said, oh, she's just 14, don't worry about yeah. it. And then kept on about it, going, no, it's really rude. <laughs> and finally I saw she kind of filled me up with anger about it. <laughs> she said, she said, well, she did it to her parents. Her parents smiled. <gasps> and, really? and then we were out in the corridor and I thought fight, to myself, fight. yeah, well I thought to myself I'm, I'm going to say something to her. You, know, you saw I, the 14 year old in the corridor? Yeah, I was, she was going to the toilet, I was coming back from the toilet, mm. it was just the two of us late at night in this hotel. Serendipitous. Yeah, I thought I'm going to say something to her and I thought, no, instead of saying something to her, I'm going to mimic her mimicking me. Brilliant! Yeah, I mean, it's mimic perfect. her back. Yeah, so I looked her in the eye 
I felt a bit nervous about it, thinking this is a bit combative. Yeah. But I'm gonna do it, it's a perfect revenge. Looked her in the eye and just kind of rhythmically moved my hand up and down, up and down towards my open mouth. <laughs> to mimic uh, the soup? Yeah, to mimic her, mimicking me eating soup. Right. And she looked really startled and then it suddenly dawned on me, <laughs> you know, doing <laughs> that, moving your hand up and down towards your mouth, is the universally recognised mime for oral sex. Yes, it is. So I was a 39-year-old man miming <laughs> oral sex to a 14-year-old girl late at night in a hotel lobby. Oh, so, my word. So John. I got back to the table and my wife said, you look as white as a sheep. I said, can we get the bill? Yeah, 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 I think it's best you get out of there. Yeah, so we did. I, and I had to, uh, I'd, what I immediately thought was I'm going to tell Lane everything that happened, because if it ever gets to court, which it won't, yeah. if it ever does, <laughs> <laughs> it'll look really That's good. That's a convince us, John. It'll look good that I immediately went back to the told table your wife. and told my wife in a funny way. That, right, yeah, a humorous yeah, story. Yeah. But that, it's that Chinese whispering of mimes. The initially, oh, it was John Ronson eating soup badly, then a girl mimicked that, then yeah. before you know it, John Ronson's risking ten years imprisonment. <laughs> Trevor Locke is on the line. Trevor is doing a social experiment for us. Trevor, are you all right out there begging on the streets of London? Oh, this is, I mean, it's a humiliating thing. I'm making a complete fool of myself, but people have been uh, very kind to me, actually. How it's much money up. have you got so far, Trevor? I've got about £4.22. Well, exactly, £4.22. That's £4. pretty good. Rem reminder, about £4.22. <laughs> uh, John Ronson's here listening as yeah, well, uh, Trevor, so please, for heaven's sake, John. don't embarrass Hi, Trevor. us. Trevor, so you, would you tell us what your sign says on it, the sign that you're using to beg? It says, uh, it's terribly embarrassing, but I'm short of a bob or two, can you spare some change? That's what you told me to write. Funny. Are you cold, Trev? I'm cold. Uh, I feel like a complete uh, nincompoop. I think it's in very... It's, it's just awkward. It's All right, Trev, you're not right. Kate Aidy. It's not that awkward what you're doing. <laughs> Some people have been friendly. All right, go on, tell us that. Do, do a bit of begging now. Let's hear you do it. Go up to someone, well, Trevor, I've, and I've, beg off them. I've, I've met some people. I've got Tara. She, she gave... Well, what she did, she sold me. I had to get a cigarette from someone, and then I sold it to her for £1.20. That's quite That's a made good mark yeah. Trevor, are you using this as a social tool? He's using the prison. Yeah, yeah using cigarette system. Yeah, cigarettes. What are we really swapping next? Phone cards, Trevor. I hope you go and get stabbed with a shiv. Chris <laughs> banker called Yuri. Yeah. Uh, gave me uh, £1. That's very reasonable for a Swiss yeah. bank banker. Perhaps he could return some <laughs> Nazi gold. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tre okay, Trev. So, you all, give right. Me address, all right, Trev, it sounds like you're doing quite well, but I'd like to actually hear you do some begging. Okay, I'll do live. some now. I'll do some now. Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse yes. me. I was wondering if you could spare uh, some change. Um, do, you have a, do you have a spare room? Trevor, that's not part of your remit. You're you cruising out there. <laughs> Trevor, step away from that person. What are you doing? So uh, everyone's uh, thinking uh, that Trevor's uh, got a mobile phone. Yeah, exactly. He's dressed in a suit as well. Oh, I see. The cash point's gone. Yeah. Do you want me to lend you some money? Trevor, you've gone through the looking glass, Trevor. You're through the looking glass. A ball, a ball. You've got nothing. Right, cut Trevor off. He's mad. Cut him off. Right. Now, Trevor's <laughs> experiment is in my but mind. don't let him know he's been cut off. No, let him jabber away. C convince him we're all still listening to him. Right, Trevor will keep doing that for hours. He'll end up in prison, won't he? He'll make a lot of money and then he'll lose it. Yeah, of course he will. He'll squander it all, won't he? He'll gamble it all away. Right, okay, so why don't we listen to something? John Ronson's remaining with us. We're talking about his book, Out of the Ordinary. We'll have a chat with Noel Gallagher, who I imagine is incensed after Pete Boyle, poet laureate of Old Trafford, said that Oasis music was responsible for a decline in the standard of football chance, which may basically... <laughs> anyway, <laughs> before Oasis, so where did they descend to? The language of the apes, an insult to Chomsky and his language gene claims. Let's have 
have some music, and then what we'll do, I just looked over to see if John Ronson was impressed by mentioning Chomsky, and he did look yeah, a bit yeah. impressed. Did right, they? let's listen to some music, and then we'll uh, talk to no He was making again. a rude sign. Yeah. <laughs> That's he, how it gets interpreted. Some soup. <laughs> <laughs> give him some soup. I'll help prepare it, dear. <laughs> we'll all give him some soup. <laughs> this, this is the dog Who's that we were just listening to, Matt? Mem uh, mem uh, <laughs> oh, you shambles. Oh, I One this. time I let you come I out. This, this is your selection. King Curtis. King Memphis Curtis. Stew. You like it because it's like a recipe, isn't it? That, so. yeah, it's nice, isn't it? It's good. It starts off as a recipe and then goes wild. Goes wild. Sounds like the Muppet Show, everyone dancing around. Sounds like when I met the Raelians. So, this is to the tune of Jingle Bells. You know, like, we've been trying to get, like, chants written. I don't know if it's going to be any good. Like, I'm doing that thing where Can I don't sing it, check. Please? Where I don't check things before I read them out on the radio. <clears throat> this is from Luke Graves, and it's to the tune of Jingle Bells. West Ham boys, West Ham boys at Upton Park today. Oh, what fun it is to lose on a cold and windy day. West Ham boys, West Ham boys, relegation's on its way. No Argentinian superstars will come and save the day. <gasps> oh, Luke Graves, you spiteful fella, you've duped me. He's duped me into singing an anti West Ham song, oh, you crafty devil. Good to hear you on Radio 2, says Stu and Charlton. Can you do a chant for Charlton? They really need something to help them at the moment. The swines love the show, and especially the gig in Dartford. Oh, well, that's nice. Thanks for coming to see me in Dartford, where I perform some stand-up um, stand comedy, what I do as a job. Uh, I've bought you a DVD of mine, John Robson. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I have that, mate. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's mine. What? Is that you that, giving him What's my that? DVD? It's like the worst Christmas ever. <laughs> <laughs> Got you my own thing. DVD. Yeah, have that, mate. <laughs> it's nice to give him that. I thought yeah. you'd like it. No, I'll be watching that. Yeah, do have a look at it. Let me know what you think of it. <laughs> I, I thought it was you were very good on the Amnesty. You and Sarah Silverman were the two very good people in oh, the thank Albert you. Hall. That yeah, night. yeah. What, what did you say that was so funny? Oh, loads of things. I do an analysis of uh, like tabloid articles and the letters page out of the sun and did stuff sort of like the hysteria that surrounds certain kind of journalism. I think you'd like it. That stuff's much more solipsistic, navel gazing, self obsessed to me. But I it's like really good. I like that too. Yeah, oh, good, yeah, because your journalism is. Uh, your column in the Guardian is yeah. of that ilk. Yes, if you'd like that. Yeah. That's my DVD, oh, that is. I made it out of my brain. When's it in the shops? <laughs> Thank you, Matt. <laughs> well, you can get that in the shops from Monday if you want it. Matt's in it as well on the extras, really good extras. Yeah. Not in a massage parlour way. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's good, there's good self-absorbed and there's bad self-absorbed, right? E.g.? Well, I don't want to name the bad self-absorbed people. Right. I think, you know, they're self-absorbed in a kind of this weird and embarrassing or funny thing that happened to me might resonate with with the listeners or yeah, readers. Yeah, yeah. And then there's, I'm just really interested in myself. Of course, because you yeah. think my self-obsession, uh, like we're all human, so ultimately mm. it may turn out to be universal. Yeah. I try to remember that in my, in my introspection. Um, it's sure you do. I do, I do. I've yeah, not that. Isn't Right, right, this moment can be put off for not a second longer. We've Here been talking is. about him all show. He's been me mentioned a lot. Let's find out if he's been listening. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll give you Noel Gallagher. Hello, Noel. Good evening. <laughs> How are you? Are you all right? I'm very well, and you? Yeah, ever so well, mate. Have you been listening to our inaugural show on Radio 2? Yeah, I've just turned it on about uh, maybe three quarters of an hour ago. We don't sound so laissez-faire. We're trying our hardest. Did you? What bits it's did you lot, hear? It's a lot less boisterous, is it, than it is on a Sunday morning? Is it less boisterous? You say? You've, well, turned, in, you've turned into whispering Russell Brown. <laughs> <laughs> because you're on Radio Two now. Yeah, we've got to be. Let's get used to things a little bit first, now. Let's understand the lie of the land a little bit, and then we'll can, we can change the system from within. Yeah, it's like your 
all doing it by candlelight. Actually, yeah, listening to listening to the radio on a Saturday night is like being in the war. I was listening to my candlelight talking absolute nonsense. You're listening <laughs> on the wireless, are you? Yeah, I tell you what, if you can't afford no stockings, just draw a line up the back of your legs. They'll do just as well. You'll be a sex bomb in no time. <laughs> You're a genius. Oh, thank you very much. I've been waiting a long while. Huh? Did Cooper come up with that idea? <laughs> Cooper, my mobile telephone. Ah, oh, see, that's an idea that's not made the transition. When oh. it right, let me t all right, let me tell uh, Radio Two listeners. When I, if I try to send a text message from my phone, and I'm sure everyone thinks this, if I try and send a text message, right, and then the text message goes message sending failed, I think that my mobile phone is like a good robot, like Kit the car in Night Rider, trying to help me. And I think, ah, oh, don't send that message. Yes, you're right. I shan't send that <laughs> message. It could have negative consequences. And Matt goes. You think it's a little robot called Cooper? Cooper, brilliant! Yes, I shan't send anything. You are the only person who thinks like that. I'm not. We've I mean, we haven't found anyone else that thinks that. John would be interested. No, but no. But the reason that it's funny, Matt, is because people can relate to it. In a yeah. Sense. Well, what's yours called, Noel? What's your phone called? Mine. Yeah. I Ishmael. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant Ishmael. No, I won't send that. Yeah, that's good. Perfect. So did you hear, Noel, that, um, uh, the Poet Laureate of uh, Old Trafford there saying that uh, the music of Oasis caused a dearth in the quality of football chants? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Man United supporters have caused a dearth in the sartorial elegance of football supporters. There we are. He all them being, uh, Ravi Shankers and all that. Well done. <laughs> we'll send one <laughs> of his to the hospital. We'll send one of yours to the morgue. That's, That's right. the Noel Gallagher way. That's right. But what did he mean by that? I don't quite understand that. I think, I think he just, I don't know actually. Because, because the people don't actually chant Oasis songs on the, on the terraces anymore. There was a brief burst of Wonderwall once that I heard at Main Road. How did it get used? How did it get me? How did it get used? Uh, was it How used to get run used? Uh, Alan uh, Ball? And there was, um, remember when we had that player Giorgio King Cladzi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it sort of went, and all the goals that King, Kinky scores are blinding, and all the runs that someone else makes are winding, and after all, you're my Alan Ball. Really? Oh, I hated Alan Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? For yeah. using your own songs against you. Turn you know against what, you. Ginger midget. Don't get any worse, does it? <laughs> oh, come on, right. <laughs> oh, no, we have to look after him. I remember now, Noel Gallagher, our concerns, having me on the radio. Have you ever had any situations, Noel, where <clears> you <throat> felt out of place on account of your class? Now you've uh, accrued all this colossal wealth. Have you ever found yourself in a situation before? Oh, I'm only from Manchester. I don't deserve a duvet. No, I, I kind of the opposite. Where I've been in places where people have invited me to and then they've gone like that. Why is this toe rag in here? Yeah, <laughs> you make everyone else feel. Yeah, like he's comfortable. bringing his own plastic bag full of Guinness with him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> in cans or? <laughs> uh, well, absolutely, yeah. Just a straw yeah, straight into the bag and a boiling <laughs> pot of bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely the way you live. You can keep your canopy. You can keep your canopies there, cock. Robbie on. <laughs> Yeah, they're bloody things, they're fiddly. Did I tell you what happened when I met your brother at um, that gig we'd done to raise money for Focus 12, the charity uh, of which I'm a patron? I, I done a gig, you done some brief ramblings <laughs> in between everybody else's set. Yeah, I had to come on, right, I was comparing the night, Noel very kindly agreed to do a set along with Dirty Pretty Things and uh, the Holloways, they were very much warm-up acts, as you can imagine, from the main event, Noel Gallagher. Uh, there was one bit where Noel swanned off the stage because there was some fiddly problem, like his instrument didn't work, I didn't understand it. I had to go, 
I had to go out there and fill time. It was so embarrassing in front of a load of Oasis fans. We were like going, I was going, I'm sure he'll be back in a minute. Don't try not to worry. It'll be long shortly. I'll go get him. It's because there's, there's been a technical problem. It was embarrassing. Thankfully, I had some brilliant material about Terminator 2 and the danger of machines taking over our society and the Matrix. Now we've got to watch against robots and that, machines that, against us. And that went down like an act of lifting in front of a lot of Oasis fans. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very interesting point. Perhaps the world is an illusion. Yeah, this lager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and some of it wasn't lager even, Noel. Some of well, that lager-coloured liquid. You, you, you were claiming it was urine, but... I think some of it was, as a matter of fact. Was. Well, I, I don't, don't know. I think it was. I, well, I think it was just very, very weak lager beer. I'd like to hope that yeah. you're But correct. is that, you know, you know John Ronson who's there? Yeah, John Ronson. going on about David Icke. I went to see David Icke at Brixton Academy once. Did oh, you? Yeah, I went to really? one of his eight-hour seminars, and a few of us, we've... Read his, read his books and we were all on the Persians. <laughs> and uh, we decided we were going to go and see him. And we sat through it, for, and it was, it's, it's right, as you're saying, all his, all his theories are plausible, and then they just go, but don't mention the lizards. Mm. You know, yeah, I'm having it all apart from the lizards. You know, all the other conspiracy theorists think that he's like a shill working for them to make the whole thing seem yeah, I've nuts. Seen, I've, I've seen the documentaries on him where they reckon he's anti-Semitic and all that. Yeah. It's quite, it's very interesting, but no, he was the one that I made. No, That's John's be. documentary. Yeah. Yeah. When I went to oh, Canada with him. Yeah, that was mine. Oh, right. <laughs> he, si he signed one of his books for me, and he put on it, and he put on the inside, uh, he didn't, he didn't, like, he put on it, uh, what, keep up the good music, love David Icke. <laughs> <laughs> That's really lizard boy. <laughs> not, not like fight the lizards, you know. <laughs> but or, he's funny, isn't he, David Icke? Because he does seem completely nice and normal, and he's still got that bit of Radio 1 in him, hasn't he? That sort of, you know, sort of cheerful guy thing. And, and he, have you, have you ever, well, you, you've obviously seen him do his thing. Yeah, oh god, But he, so but many he steps times. into, like, these characters, doesn't he, where he kind of, he kind of gets all a bit Kenneth Williams and yeah. that, and you're just thinking, <laughs> yeah, this is just in it's a vaudeville, man. Well, like, he's, like, he's, like, <laughs> he's like Dave Lee Travis, and he does do eight hours. <laughs> um, I remember one time I, I, I saw, we filmed him for the first two hours, and then we went off uh, for dinner, and then we met some people in a restaurant and had a really nice night out, and then we sort of went back to the, to the show. Just as David Ack was saying, okay, it's time for an interview. I'll be back in 20 minutes. Oh, God, no, me. did you sit there for eight hours? We sat there for six and three quarter hours. Yeah. And I then see. we walked out of the bit where he was saying that everyone, he said, all, this, all, this, all these, these walls of Brixton Academy are all holograms. If we wanted to, we could walk through these walls. And you should have given it a out. try. You know, well, I wouldn't. Well, that's, that's how they look. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I would have well, can, uh... can I? Because I'm trapped in the, uh, in the. And he was actually just. He was actually just probably reciting the script from the film The Matrix, he was calling it The Matrix, and it's like, yeah. well, hang on a minute, you're just reciting the script here from The Matrix. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'd like to You know his list of, of people who are lizards as well, it's a really weird yeah, list. Yeah, Chris Christopherson. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Ted Heath is a big one, apparently. Ted Heath? Um, <laughs> the, queen, the Queen Mother was the ruler. The Queen Mother, absolutely. Hillary Clinton, but not Bill Clinton. Yeah, well... Why would a, a non-lizard ever marry a lizard in that way? That, I don't know. The marriage would be flawed. But also, then, why, why did he even bother trying to do Chris Christopherson's lizard genealogy in the first place. What gave him a clue that Chris Christopherson and Bosco well, were? I've got my suspicions about Chris Christopherson. He's not in a position of power, is he? He's no, not going to exactly. do any real damage. Yeah. No, but that's just obviously he's got a personal vendetta against Chris Christopherson. Because, <laughs> I mean, who is Chris yeah. Christopherson anyway? Some old country and western geezer, the bit. The new deal. goalkeeper of Coventry, I think he's probably a lizard. <laughs> There's it's a lot of lizards. It's about. interesting about the walking through walls. You know, I recently interviewed the head of military intelligence, US military intelligence, and he thought he could walk through his wall. Oh, I read that book. Yeah, yeah. The Men yeah. Stare at Goats. Men Stare at Goats. He, he thought... Oh, yeah, I've read that book, The Men, the men That Stare at Goats. Oh, 
bloody hell. See, yeah. I was reading John's That's book. Yeah. But, you know, his, his logic, General Stubblebine, his logic was that the atom is made up mostly of space, mm. and the wall is made up mostly of atoms, so all you have to do is merge the spaces. Uh, I mean, to me, the key word in this, by the way, is, is mostly, right? Yeah. There, there's a membrane in yeah. the atom. Um, and so he just kept bumping his nose. This was a guy who had 16,000 soldiers under his command. Oh, blimey, that's a bit worrying that he's got that kind of power. <laughs> yeah. I believe there's nothing really wrong with nicking countries and that, if you do need the fuel. Yeah, that is a bit worrying. Hey, no, I know, can I ask you a question? Yes, of course. I, 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 um, I might be misremembering, but do you remember an occasion, I mentioned this earlier, I don't know if you were listening, when, um, you saved the life of a dog that I was looking after at Albert Square, Manchester. What was the dog's name? Roger. How do you remember it by the dog's name, Noel? The dog's name is Roger. He belonged to... The I, listen, I've n I, don't, I don't meet many dogs, so this one is <laughs> indelibly... In, in, it's, 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 it's... What's the word? Branded into my brain, this fella. <laughs> Not that that that's Little word. yappy Yorkshire Terrier eventually went blind and died, but that was many years later. <laughs> I think How did I save his life? What did I do? What happened was, I was looking after it. It was in Spoker. He was in Spoker. Spoker. You were <laughs> <laughs> and it was the man right. from Del Monte that I was looking after. Right. And the singer in the man from Del Monte said, can you look after my dog, John? So I put him on top of the speaker stack and, and um, you know, sort of tied him up. And then Roger immediately jumped off the speaker stack and was, and was hanging in the air. And you ran across Albert Square and put the dog gently back on the speaker stack and then shot me a look as if to say, do you know how Don't to look after dogs? <laughs> it don't sound like the Noel Gallagher that I know. Oh, no, but see, I was just, I, I just going to butt in there. I was just going to say that, you see? <laughs> We're yeah. in tune, you well, see. Well, now you've got this whole kind of, you know, persona of, you know, sort of, if you see a dog, you know, give it a smack, but back no, then... No, 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 hang on a minute. I'm only kidding, <laughs> I'm only kidding. Like that. That's just brand, right, <laughs> referring to me for the last eight months on his, on his... On his obviously doomed slot on Radio 6. <laughs> That's a dude, been elevated like promotion, super, this is. I was some super yob, like one of Slade or something. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, actually, what did you refer to me last week in your, in your, uh, in your column in, in the Guardian? In my article, I think I might have said something flattering, because I didn't imagine yeah. for a minute you would buy the Guardian, no. Well, no, I mean, not, well, well, not the fact that you text me every Friday and say, you should read my, my column in The Guardian tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's It's quite good. Have you got a column yet, Matt? Everybody else seems to have. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got one? No. I once had a bit of Russell's column, but it was taken away from me. Well, apparently, by the sounds of things in that studio, you can't even give a column to any old Tom <laughs> You'll never get a column. It'll be a cold day now when you're I'll accepted in the Fleet Street. <laughs> Stop it. Don't go into being a boastful, dizzy millionaire, Willy Wonka of Fleet Street character. Right, OK, so listen, we've got to wrap up this radio show quite dizzy. soon. What do you mean, dizzy? It's <laughs> <laughs> a part dizzy, part giddy. It's nice sort of bit of lingo. Right, so listen, let's thank everybody that's contributed to this radio show. John Ronson, you've been wonderful. Thank Trevor Locke is not back from doing that experiment. We can only assume that he's been killed doing an experiment where he, where he was just trying to work out whether he was amorphous and could cross class boundaries from being a sort of middle class fella to being a beggar. He'll end up with string fellows without money. Yeah, of course he will. <laughs> he's got Fiver. four pounds twenty-two. He'll be dropping coppers into girls' knickers, <laughs> which are a great change for the way he lives his life usually, the poor sausage. Right, so thanks Trevor Locke. He was wonderful. I wish he was back here. Matt, you've been wonderful on our first show. What other guests we had? Pete Boyle was brilliant. Matt and Dave out of Little Britain, they were brilliant. So thanks very much for listening to our radio programme. We'll be back next week. What theme should we discuss? 
John, Noel, help us to think of a, uh, of a theme for next week, because we've got, like, then people can contribute. John? Do something topical. Topical? Something topical. Right, okay, watch the papers next week, we'll do something right topical. Look at the topics that are dominating the news, and that is, will be what we'll be discussing on next week's show for Noel Gallagher. Oh, let's, go, oh, yeah, let's discuss how many lizards would have been at Tom Cruise's wedding. <gasps> Don't say things like that, that's probably marvellous, <laughs> those are not the views of Radio 2, they're probably not well, the views of Noel views. Gallagher. They're my views, He's allegedly. showing off, they're not your views. <laughs> You're being very, very silly, you're a talented man, why do you do this to yourself? <laughs> right, okay, our radio show's over now, isn't it? We've got one minute of pure radio. Right, well, I'd like to say, when it go right, so send in football chance to us, we need to do that. Buy John Ronson's book. Noel Gallagher's got a best of Oasis thing coming out, don't need promoting, buy that if you Stop want the it. Clocks. Stop You've the clocks. Them anyway. Yeah, you'll have them anyway. Trevor Locks just come back to the studio, are you alright, Trevor? Oh, it's cold out there. <laughs> How much money did you get? I've raised money for that uh, charity that we wrote those poems for. Focus 12. No, that was the other one, the homeless charity. Give it, it to Focus right. 12. Well, the oh, charity charity that I'm a patron of. Okay. All right then, or you can give it to that homeless one. Well, Trevor, the Trevor, John Ronson, and Noel Gallagher's on the line as well. Look at them introducing each other. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to our inaugural Radio Two show. Thank you, Noel, for coming on it. Thank you, all our guests. Continue. <laughs> what did you just say? He's muttering. Don't matter, Noel. You'll make. I just said it's a pleasure. Oh right, thanks. Oh, right. oh you're a lovely man, really. Right, and thanks. For, uh, send us more football chants and send us your views on stuff. And next week we'll talk about conspiracies, conspiracy yes. ideas. Let's talk about that, John Ronson. Perhaps John will come back. Back. John Ronson will be back here next week. Noel Gallagher will be back. God knows what Trevor Locke's experiment will be. Trev, you've got to start a cult. Brilliant one. Have you? I've got a brilliant one. It's, it's online this week. Go to my MySpace, fellas. Go to Trevor's MySpace. So, yeah, I'm glad you fellas. said fellas because normally <laughs> you use it to recruit girlfriends. Oh, okay, sorry. that is the end of our Radio 2 show. Thanks for listening. What's on next on Radio 2? God knows. What's Bob, Bob Harris? Yeah. Whispering Bob Harris will be on. Oh, that's exciting. All right, so, uh, yeah, you've been listening to 88 to 91 FM. This is Radio 2 from the BBC. Thanks, everyone. Boy, I love you, boy. <laughs>